the lady with the killer voice, Carissa oh, M. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we're speaking with Carissa M. on The Antidote. It's good to have you here. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. I love to begin every interview exactly the same way, by wanting to hear about an artist's music roots. When did it all begin for you, Carissa? Oh, goodness. Um, so I grew up with music being kind of a part of my DNA and my upbringing. Um, my whole family, you know, during get togethers, we would sing and harmonize. Um, and so I kind of grew up in that type of world. Um, I have been singing in front of an audience, uh, honestly, since I can remember. <laughs> I remember being a toddler in my little PJs, singing in front of uh, my little audience of my family. Um, and I just kind of grew to love it more and more. Um, so it started off as, you know, just something that was part of who I was, part of my upbringing, um, and then kind of became a passion and a dream of mine. Well, no, I don't get this. Okay, here it is. You sang as a kid, but mm-hmm. the earliest Carissa M. music I found was released in 2021. <laughs> so I don't know, does that mean that you just came to a music standstill? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so. I have been writing since I was a teenager, um, and it took me really quite a few years to have the guts <laughs> and the motivation to actually get into a recording studio. Um, when I was a teenager and then uh, in college, I was performing my original music in front of you know small crowds in local settings. Mm-hmm. Um, but just didn't have that motivation and that push to see it through into a recording studio. Um, I took a break from songwriting um, once I got married, had my first child, um, and it was really my husband who kind of believed in my talent, believed in my passion and my desire to really pursue this in earnest. And so um, with his, you know, pushing and uh, challenging me to give it a go, I did. And um, that was that first 2020 EP. So it's all his fault. It is. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Okay. I've seen a picture of you. (laughs) I hate to say this. You look like you're 15. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I get that a lot. I'm I'm actually 31, despite popular belief. Um, I'm also pregnant with my second child. Um, Congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm just really two months away from my due date. So um, it's been definitely a whirlwind pregnancy. Um, But yeah, I I do get (laughs) the whole, it's kind of, it kind of runs in my family. All of us girls, my siblings included, uh, we tend to look quite a bit younger than, than we actually are. And that's a real blessing when you turn 60. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, let's go back to one of those first songs and that was Ruin Me. Yes. You're about to stretch listeners when you sing. You can't bring me discomfort. That's what I've come for. Because mm-hmm. I have discovered comfort is such a bore. Mm-hmm. That song must make some people uncomfortable. Yeah, I think so. Um, it made me uncomfortable to write it, to realize it, if I'm being honest. But for me, that was part of the whole point of that song. Um when writing that song and writing the, those words, that was me coming to the realization with my relationship with the Lord that sometimes we got to get really, really uncomfortable for him to do the good work that he wants to do and for us to really experience life change. Then all of your music always shares about Christ? 
Yes, absolutely. In the beginning, it was more kind of indie pop with a Christian bent. Mm -hmm. Um, And now the stuff that I'm doing, which you'll hear, um, it's a little bit more uh, on the nose Christian um, pop and worship. Well, something else about Ruin Me is that the song begins with the line, got writer's block in my heart when it comes to you. Stuck saying the same thing with nothing new. Now, I got to admit, I know I'm taking this out of context, (laughs) but saying the same thing over and over again is pretty common in songs from CCM artists. Mm, Now, do songs have to be generic? Yeah, that's that's a really, really great point. Um, I love that you brought that out because that wasn't what I was, that wasn't part of it when I wrote it, but that's kind of, I mean, that's really, really good um, because it's true. Um, I hear that as well in a lot of um, contemporary Christian music today. Um, it does seem to be a lot of the same stuff, a lot of redundancy. Um, and there's some, I think there's some purpose to that in a lot of ways. And there's some good to that. Sometimes we need to hear the same truths over and over to really um, believe them and understand them. However, with my music, um, my heart's desire is to say things um, a little bit differently to um, provide the same truth, but maybe use different language to help us, myself and the listener, understand it and absorb it more. Okay, I want to hear more about that. Now, over the years, I've asked this question, could Christian music be safe? Mm, no, I I think absolutely not. <laughs> um, I think there are safe, there's lots of safe songwriting out there when it comes to Christian music. Um, And I think that's to the detriment of the genre as a whole. Um, I think when we play it safe, we're not doing justice to the full truth, to the full gospel, um, or to music itself. I think that if we look through the gospel, we see that Jesus lived a very unsafe, dangerous ministry and life because of the kind of rebellious um, nature that his ministry was and and his disciples' uh, ministry was as well. And so I think that as Christians and as Christian artists and musicians, we should do the same thing. Um, We should, living our lives, not not just to be for the sake of danger, um, but for the sake of full truth and helping people um, experience Christ in a new way and, and helping them truly understand the heart and the character of God and, and the type of love and grace that he offers. Now that makes me wonder how easily you'll fit into the Christian <laughs> radio thing. Yeah. Because so many stations, mm-hmm. they want to play it safe. Right. They do. They do. And and that's such a good point, Dave. And um, I've, I've found myself frustrated at times being in the Christian music industry, um, because of those sort of limitations that I feel, that sense of um, kind of holding back maybe um, my full truth or, or, you know, stating something in a way that might be more honest but less safe. Um, mm-hmm. So I have kind of been, that's kind of been part of my um, walk in this and in constant prayer with wanting to be truthful and honest and impactful, um, but also wanting to be heard, you know, not wanting to kind of um, scare folks away before they uh, even 
give it a chance to listen. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that's a, that's a hard line to tread, especially when you're independent and you're just starting out. Well, just don't be as dangerous as Lauren Daigle, <laughs> who was critiqued because yeah. people said you could see her belly button mm-hmm. in one of her videos. And I was thinking, yep. what a horrifying thing to do. Yep, exactly, right? <laughs> you are so right. And I think that's such a good point, not just to the industry and the and the you know, the radios themselves, but also to the listener, you know. I I hope that as um as we continue to grow in our relationship with Christ and we continue to become more aware of our own depravity and our own um, great need for a savior and for the Lord, that we would not hold these musicians and these people that we follow and love and, and admire, we wouldn't hold them to a standard that we wouldn't hold ourselves to. Um, they are the Thank same as us. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They are sinners saved by grace, just like us, um, and they are imperfect people. And, you know, that's not to say there's not a certain responsibility they carry, but they are fully aware of that responsibility. And and I think for the most part, they are doing their best to um, be themselves um, and represent Christ. And that can be a hard thing when um, the public can be very quick to judge and point fingers um, and shake their head. Absolutely. Okay, so let's take it away from topics like that and bring it back to your music. Now, I understand where the Carissa M. song, The Ordinary, is going, and I think everyone else can relate to it. It speaks about escaping the ordinary and pursuing your dreams, Mm. but then reality strikes. Yes. But really, aren't our lives driven by the mundane and the ordinary? Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great way to summarize the song. So I wrote that song right after I had my my first son. And I was feeling this pull, push and pull um, to be the best mom I could be um, and be exactly, you know, who God has called me to be as a mom and motherhood, but also navigating, um, continuing to pursue the dream that I felt was from the Lord. Um, and I was having a hard time feeling like I could pursue both at the same time um, and do both well. And so that's kind of where, where the heart of that song comes out. Um, and at the very end of the song, where I say the truth is nothing is really ordinary. There's nothing ordinary about you. And that's kind of the final word that I felt from God um, in that specific conversation and prayer about how to do both, how to navigate the routine and the mundane, but also navigate the extraordinary dreams that God had put in me. Um, And really, it's kind of just like stop overthinking it (laughs) Um, (laughs) because I'm not ordinary. Um, The things that you feel are mundane or boring are not actually those things. Uh, They are extraordinary in their own right. Um, And finding the beauty in those everyday routines and necessary things, um, but also continuing to have passion and the courage to pursue the dreams that he put inside of me. I've got to know, does your husband confirm to you every day that you're extraordinary? (laughs) Absolutely. In his own way, absolutely. I have a wonderful partner and leader in my husband um, that I'm very thankful for. Well, I understand that you're from Mississippi, which I guess really is the heart of the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. Now, does that make it mandatory to make faith-centered music? 
<laughs> um, it really doesn't. We have a lot, you know, of, of secular country around here. That's that's really the the biggest genre, and, and even in independent um, musicians as well. Um, but yeah, absolutely. There's definitely, as my husband is a minister, he's a music minister. Um, so as a music minister's wife, it does, there's definitely a sense of feeling like there's, uh, even more of a target on my head to make sure that the music that I'm making is faith centered. But, um, that is certainly not the motivation that I have towards pursuing it. Even if I wanted to pursue music outside of my faith, uh, separate from my faith, I don't, I really don't think I could ever since I started writing as a teenager, they've all been surrounding my faith and my spiritual walk. Well, there's something else that's different about your music. And I hope you don't mind this label, but I would classify you as a CCM artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's that the songs aren't all about living on the mountaintop. Mm -hmm. These are vulnerable songs. Thank you. So are listeners looking for that kind of a message? I don't know, Dave. I hope so. I think so. Um, that is absolutely something that I want to portray in my music. For me, when I listen to music as a listener, if it's not vulnerable, I am not really interested. Even you know the stuff that we sing on a Sunday morning um, in our worship set, the stuff that we gravitate towards, my husband and I, we love the vulnerable, authentic, honest, truthful songs. Um, and so I think that for the listeners that have found me um, and that are fans of mine at this point, um, I think that is something that they appreciate about my music. And so that's something that I want to continue to lean into as I write and as I pursue this. Well, that's fine. But I'm wondering about how this is on a personal level. Isn't sharing that kind of honesty painful? It can be. It can be. Um, but... I am a person who loves vulnerability. I'm a person, even in my my friendships and in my conversations throughout my life, um, that's the type of conversation I want. It doesn't just apply to my music. It applies to every aspect of my life. I'm not a fan of, you know, keeping up appearances for appearances sake or any type of fakeness. Who I am in my DNA, who I believe that God wired me to be is someone who um, is vulnerable and um, authentic. So I, I definitely think that that's something that I'm going to continue. Well, that's also the heart of the song, Weaknesses. Mm, yes. Was there a situation that brought those lyrics out? Absolutely. Um, so again, this was um, towards the beginning of motherhood for me. Um, and I, as Many people know, and any parent knows, that becoming a parent, um, it really does expose all of your weaknesses, and it brings them to the forefront, and it makes you, it forces you to deal with them, um, and so in writing that song, um, it is really just about that place that we as Christians need to get to where we are vulnerable enough and open enough with the Lord who already sees our weaknesses, but can bring those to him and allow him to make us strong. So leaning into those weaknesses, as the Bible says, and allowing him to be strong in our weaknesses. Um, and instead of fighting those weaknesses and trying to be, you know, this perfect vision or image that we have in our head of a mom or a husband or a wife or a, a dad, 
we instead become honest with who we are, become honest with the things in our lives that we need to work on and challenge ourselves in and, you know, leave them at the feet of the Lord. You don't have to do any of that because remember, you're extraordinary. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I wish. I, I wish there was no no, uh, no work needed to be done, but certainly a lot of work. There's something else about weaknesses, and it's that you built it into a dance track. Yeah. I mean, what were you thinking? <laughs> I really, really wanted to have fun with that track. Um, the producer that I worked with on that track, he's incredibly talented and versatile. And when I brought him that song, I was like, let's just see where this goes. Let's like kind of go buck wild and have fun with it. Um, I myself love variety in the music that I listen to. I love to hear songs that are spiritual and, you know, um, the lyrics are meaningful and impactful, but also just like really fun to listen to um, and kind of get me energized to get ready in the morning or to get out of the house um, or just, you know, dance, you know, as I'm listening to it. So I was really excited about the direction that the producer um, went with that track in particular, and it was just so much fun. Well, let me really put you on the spot. What's your number one pop song that you just can't resist? Hmm, just like out of all of them? Out of anything. Oh, gosh, that is incredibly, incredibly difficult. I mean, um, uh, there's an artist named Leon. She's kind of neo-soul. Um, mm -hmm. so she has soul to her stuff, but she has, she's, she's pop as well. And, um, there's a few of her tracks. I don't know if I could just pick one, but her as an artist, there's a few of her tracks that just make me excited every time I listen to them and they don't, they kind of never get old. And you do have a broad range of enjoyment because Neo Soul is not that common. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. But it's it's incredibly uh, satisfying to listen to because it's just kind of a mix of a few things. And, and I'm someone who grew up listening to a lot of different types of soul music and soul singers and jazz singers. And so I, I gravitate towards that type of sound. I sort of think that music must be your real passion because otherwise you wouldn't be singing songs. Mm-hmm. What about telling us about the most difficult thing about creating music? Ooh, that's a good one because um, when I started this journey of recording and releasing back in 2020, um, I had absolutely no idea what I was getting myself into. This industry can be very, very frustrating and discouraging. Um, there's so many good things about it today in 2023. Um, you know, it's a lot easier to record really great sounding tracks. It's easier to get people to um, hear about you because you know, there's social media and that type of promotion. Um, but because things are in that way are simpler and easier, um, in other ways, they're much more difficult. The market is so much more saturated and mm -hmm. it is very hard to get, you know, listeners, more listeners, different types of listeners um, outside of, you know, your little box and your, your community um, to actually listen to you, <laughs> to, to hear about you, to know about you, and then to, to take a listen just because, you know, just with everything, there's just so much competition. And um, so, yeah, it is very hard to stand out and stand apart. 
um, when I recorded that first project in 2020, I really thought that, you know, I would just record it and release it and that would be enough for me, you know. And then I released it and I realized that I wanted a whole lot more. And I really, really felt like the Lord wanted a whole lot more. Um, and so every time I've tried to walk away because of discouragement um, or frustration with the actual business itself, um, it seems like the Lord has always graciously brought me back to it um, and said, no, 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 it might be a long journey, but but we need to keep going. We need, we need perseverance because uh, there's more. So yeah, it's definitely been a journey already. Well, back to the days when you were just starting. I've been wondering about how your first single, Fragile, came to be. Yeah. Now, I know it's about putting trust in God when you share the line, you're not waiting for me to fail. You're not counting on my faults. Your love is bigger than I thought. Mm. But that leaves me thinking that this is personal, Mm -hmm. that you've met people who really did expect you to fail. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, honestly, for me, as well as probably for most people too, I am my own worst enemy. I'm my own worst critic. And for me, the church culture that I grew up in wasn't necessarily the most healthy um, or the most um, truthful. And so in my walk with the Lord and in becoming an adult and my relationship with the Lord maturing, I realized that there was a lot of misunderstandings and things that I believed about who God was and how he operated and his heart and his character that just weren't true. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's really where those words came from. Um, and And then also just being aware that, there would be people in my life, and I and I did see that um, after I released. There were people in my life that I thought would be big supporters of my music and of my dream, and they weren't as supportive as I thought they would be. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's kind of there's a few different um, ways to interpret that, and there was a few different ways that I meant that. Um, yeah, again, just going back to that vulnerability, even though. It's hard to be vulnerable um, sometimes because it's risky. I want to do that anyways, because for me, it's just not worth it if it's not honest. But you really are looking for success in the Christian music scene. Mm. Yes. Yeah, that would be great. Um, It's been hard. Um, I've had to, you know, had some, have some hard realizations. um, And there was so much naivete when I first started and just continuing to understand how this industry works um, and how much work it takes to be successful in it. That is my goal. um, And it's my ministry. So I want to continue and and have uh, as many people listen to my music. And that includes having to speak with somebody like me, wasting your <laughs> afternoon away. No, this is honestly, I, I love this conversation. I think this is a great way to spend an afternoon. What I do want to hear about is the latest from Carissa M., your new single, Oxygen. Mm-hmm. And this one is really quite a change from your other music. Yes. You know, first off, it's much more chill. Mm-hmm. And then at five minutes... It's quite a bit longer than most of your Mm -hmm. other ones. Yes. But it's also a true worship song. Mm -hmm. So what's the story? 
Is this just a quirk or is this the direction your future music is heading? Um, it is really a new direction and a new focus. Um, I still love kind of the more indie pop alternative genre side of things, which is what I was when I first started. Um, but in kind of really beginning to pursue this in earnest, reevaluating what is kind of the smartest move and um, something that I'm still incredibly passionate about. It was an on-purpose decision for us to pursue a little bit of a different turn and singing something and writing something that's a little bit more on the nose of CCM and worship um, and kind of less in that kind of middle in-between space uh, as far as genres go. And just so much so that people don't know how to sandwich you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where we wanted to to just figure out exactly what category um, and maybe just allow myself to be put into a box so that way I have more opportunities. And I would still love in the future to come back to, uh, you know, that indie pop genre. But for now, this is the worship is, um, and I, like I said, worship is, and CCM is very much so still a passion of mine as well. Um, and it's something that I have been a part of since I was a teenager. I've been leading worship since I was a teenager. So it felt it felt like a good decision to move in that direction. Oxygen has a line that grabbed my attention. Now that all of my wandering is through, surrendering to your love is easy to do. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got to realize that old people say things like that. <laughs> yeah. oh. Tell me, what kind of wandering have you given up? So that line, this song came from a place of prayer and frustration that I was in in my life with a couple of close people um, to me, and they were walking away from God. So the words of this song are the response that God gave to me uh, from that prayer and that time of frustration. Um, And so the wandering, I wasn't writing that about myself. I was writing that about these two people who I love who I, I saw them wandering and I saw them walking away from God. And I wanted to write a line that would kind of foreshadow what it would be like for them to get to that realization of, you know what, this isn't better. <laughs> the world's way isn't better. Walking away from the love of Christ and from living life with Christ is not what I thought it would be. And so all it would be would just be surrendering to him once again and coming back to that place of surrender and closeness with the Lord. That brings up something else then. Should people be willing to question their own faith? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we've seen time and time again throughout history that ignoring questions and ignoring frustrations with the Lord or with Christianity doesn't do any good. Um, usually it ends up pulling you away from God and pulls you away from uh, your Christian community and your church community. Um, so I think God is a big enough God. His love and His grace and His mercy are absolutely big enough for us to ask really hard questions to Him, us ask hard questions of ourselves and to, uh, you know, the other believers that are in our lives. Um, asking the question, 
can lead us closer to him and to a better understanding of him and a stronger relationship with him. So you've been at this thing for three years now, Mm -hmm. but I guess effectively you're still in the early stages of your career. For sure. So I don't know how your crystal ball is, but what does your future look like? (laughs) Um, That's a great question, Dave. And honestly, um, I can't give you a very clear-cut answer to that. I don't think that that's really how God operates most of the time. I would love to have a clear-cut answer, but um, you know, these last three years have been so different from what I thought they would be, and they've looked so different than I than I ever thought they would. Um, I mean, for instance, doing this and really pursuing my music in earnest, coming out with a brand new song as I'm very pregnant and about to have another child was not <laughs> what I would have planned. Um, <laughs> it's it's a little bit more difficult, um, but God knows what he's doing. And I believe what the Bible says when it says that he works all things out for good for those that that love him. And so that is my continued um, kind of meditation. And I'm in constant prayer. And for now, uh, what I see my future looking like is um, being able to do this full time, being able to tour and bring my music and my um, experiences with the Lord and my love for Christ to listeners and music lovers and Jesus lovers all over. Just tell me that you're not touring at seven months into your pregnancy. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) No, that's the future. (laughs) The Antidote has been speaking with Carissa M. Thanks so much for coming and sharing about your music. This has been one of my favorite conversations, so thank you.